0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Sounders FC Postmatch Show on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Sounders FC Soccer is presented by Fred Meyer. Fresh for everyone. It's the Sounders FC Postmatch Show starting now. I don't think anybody expected
0: us to, to take the air and be in the mood that we are right now. One of the most shocking and disappointing results in recent memory, maybe of of the last 11 years of this club's history for your Seattle Sounders. They fall in MLS Cup 2020. A final score, shocking final score, 3-0 to to Columbus Crew SC at Montfrey Stadium in Columbus, Ohio as the Sounders lose MLS Cup 2020. They are still, by the way, only the second team in Major League Soccer history to make four MLS Cups in a five-year span. However, they fall tonight in a in a very very shocking defeat here i keep using that word and and wade is, as i bring you in here wade weber danny jackson my name is jackson Feltz. we're here on the post game show for the next about 45 minutes here to break down this action for a bit, but then really take a long look at what's coming in twenty twenty one and what we want this roster to look like in twenty twenty-one. Not necessarily want, but but just think it might look like in March of next year when the season restarts back up. And wait as I bring in, I keep using the word shocking and, and that's the way I am, because when I was falling asleep at night these last five nights, my head hit the pillow and I'm and I'm envisioning different ways the game can go and I'm thinking, okay, here's how Columbus can win and you know, I I never expected the Seattle Sounders to look like they did tonight on the field and put the performance on the field that they did tonight. It was it was shocking.
2: Yeah, well they they lost. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess it's you know I, when you've when you've seen finals and um, championship matches in in different leagues, different events uh, for as long as I have, they're teams that they're just flat it, it, it doesn't work um you know the brazil uh 98 team uh brazil 82 they, you know they were so good and they and uh and yet they they didn't win the ultimate title uh so i i don't think this sounders team is anywhere near those brazil teams so yeah. the, the, the fact that they weren't at their best i think the margins For the sounders were not uh, they were narrow that they 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 couldn't make mistakes at the back Um, against a team like columbus zellerion is a very very good player Um, the second goal in particular you could the first goal and the fact that joven jones should have covered for alex Roldan as he was up the field it didn't happen uh zellerion had a lot of work to do on the finish but but he did right or am I thinking the second goal the the but but that second goal Shane O'Neill means to head the ball one way and he heads the ball the, the wrong way right to someone's feet at the top of the box that 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 man MVP of the match and Zelleran slips a ball square so it's um I'm disappointed uh, I'm disappointed for several reasons uh, one of which is because I've always been a fan of the club since I was a kid you know I've my first soccer game was in Federal Way in nineteen seventy-three. So when Sounders formed in seventy four, that was my team because I didn't I never saw any other team play soccer. So to have followed a team as long as you have, I you know, we're blessed to be in four finals in five years. It's it's great. But Danny, that's it's one of those things that um, Columbus were a early season sexy pick for most improved or or yep. a potential dark horse to win it. They looked deep tonight. They looked deep. You, you take those two guys out because of COVID, and you replace them with a 19-year-old who actually looked all right and, and a guy that gets a goal, and you think, well, that's a pretty darn deep team.
3: Well, they did their job, and we were saying about the depth of Columbus, the lack thereof, with with Nagme and Santos being out of the lineup. And what would that domino effect be? If, if it was a 0-0, zero, zero, the losing 1-0, Going into the 70th minute, who are they going to bring off the bench? But when you looked at the Sounders bench, there was depth and there were players who had already shown what they can do coming off the bench. But we never got to that point where we could bring off those players in a situation that was, you know, solvable. Uh, You know, you look through, we were talking about during the game in the first half, you could see it going down a bad path. And it starts with sloppiness, a lethargic approach. We were always half a yard, a step short in the way that we closed down. Guys spun us out. People like New who were getting beat 1v1, and we discussed how good he was in a 1v1 situation. Players like Jordan Morris were winning headers, but they're going the wrong direction. Um, Lodero. We talked about him finding pockets of space. Not one time did he receive the ball in the half turn and penetrate the back three with a ball, yep. right? There was no ball into Jordan Morris. There was no ball into Christian Roldan. Obviously, he was sitting in the second half. There was no ball that was advancing the ball into pockets of space that allowed us to open up and go. And a lot of that to do was to do with, I think, just the manner in which they started. When you dig a hole in a game like this, at a, in, in, in an environment where you're on the road at a home stadium and a Jonathan Menzo who mentioned at halftime was fired up. He was, he had fire in his eyes. He was ready to go. I didn't see the counter to that on the Sounders team. I didn't see that until we were 2-0 down and yeh punched the ground walking off at halftime. There was some emotion there and they came out in the second half. You've got to give them credit. Branch Schmetzer made some changes. They came out in the second half and they pushed and they they, they had pressure. The Columbus crew had to absorb that pressure. But that's what you can do when you're 2-0 up. You don't have to make it pretty in the second half. You just have to grind it out. You can let teams come on you. There's going to be ebbs and flows in these games. But too many players... That, I look at it this way. There's always this notion that in any game, especially big games, you have the ability to carry one and maybe two players. And then you can make a change, right? You know what? The likelihood of all 11 players playing towards their peak in a game. You hope that's gonna happen, but it doesn't often happen. Today we carried far too many players. Too many players, I I mean, granted, Rui Diaz, for him to play well, there's, there's, there's an expectation that players behind him play well so he gets the feed and gets the balls and gets the crosses and gets the opportunities. That didn't happen. But when you look at the number of players who just looked sloppy, didn't do their job, didn't do the basics right, didn't build into the game, it's just difficult to watch when you see it going in a direction. And Brian Schmetz, I guarantee probably saw that happening in the first 20 minutes. It's just hard to pull back sometimes and get going again.
0: If you're just joining us, the Seattle centers have lost 2020 MLS Cup 3 to nothing to the Columbus crew. Uh, We are watching on our monitors as the Columbus crew are raising uh, the trophy right now as the Sounders are likely in the locker room right now just trying to. And I I remember the the locker room in 2017. I remember being in Toronto when they lost. And ironically, it's a situation where once again they've gone to -to back-to-back MLS Cups. And once again, they've won the first and lost the second. And that locker room, I remember talking to Kelvin Leardam in the locker room, and, and he was... He was about as mad as I've ever seen a professional athlete, and he was, you know, swearing on camera, and that was fun to bleep out. But you, you know, Wade, these guys will will take this performance, uh, and and all of them are going to take it differently in different ways. Uh, you know, for the ones that are on this Sounder team in, in 2021, and for the ones that aren't, but they'll all take this in a little different way. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the commonality to take from this is for the te- for the guys that are on this team next year. We have to be better in in these big games in so many areas because we saw now three consecutive playoff games: Dallas, where it was one to nothing, and Minnesota, where it was two to nothing. Minnesota on seventy minutes, and in this game right here, that's three consecutive performances where much of the game, this this team in a big big playoff match, has not looked at their level that they, they should be for what this team should be able to put on the field.
2: Well, I I would counter, however, with the fact that that they won those first two games. And this is the playoffs. Nobody cares. Do you think anyone in Seattle cares that the Sounders didn't have a shot on goal in 2016? Uh, I I don't. I was in the stadium freezing my butt off. But all that matters in the playoffs, if this is the structure for determining the champion, right, it really isn't about the best team. It's not. It's about who is fit and sharp. Playing their best at the end of the season and can get a, get a little bit of that magic. But
0: that's the thing. Hold on, really, really quickly, because that's the thing. Playing their best at the end of the season and that's three consecutive games where we haven't seen the Sounders at their best.
2: Yeah, and you know we also didn't have Gustav Svensson available, and we, yep. you know we we didn't have the pieces to put perhaps the best lineup together ever during the season. And and it was the sort of season that, you know, with the games postponed and the big gap and I I. I think 2020 is. I, forget about the asterisk stuff. It's just as a year, I'm not going to take a lot. Uh, I'm not going to draw a lot of conclusions from it. I, I think tonight the team were not great. Um, that's not a think. The team weren't good enough this evening. They didn't. Di- they did not deserve to win that game. And the post mortem that will go along with uh, th- with this performance from every reporter, from players himself. The players in the locker room are, are the thing that again gets me. And Danny, you've been there as well, I, I'm sure. Is uh, you, you don't get finals back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we have um, players that some of them that will be the last final that they ever play. Yeah. Uh, and but they don't know that. Yep. <laughs> and so it's that the unknown of your future as an athlete is the thing that kind of hurts me for the for the club. Yeah. It, uh, that there's a lot of guys sitting in that locker room thinking.
3: Is this it? It's a missed. uh, For some of them, it it. might be, was this it? Was this my last game for the Sounders? Was this potentially an opportunity missed? Because we've been very fortunate that we've been in four out of the last five championships. And you mentioned it in pregame, uh, Wade. It doesn't come across so easily. And it seems to be this whole notion the Sounders are going to make it every year. It is very, very hard. I think... The changes that happened on the crew were enforced. And sometimes those things can galvanize a team. Mm. When you've got questions happening that Brian Schmetzer had, there was five days between Monday and Saturday. And the emotion, traveling, the game, you know, who's gonna play, the questions. We all talked about, hey, um, the Sounders can absorb this. They've been there, done that. There's a confidence in knowing that you've you've been in this situation before you can kind of walk the walk because you know what's coming in the week in, I- ahead of uh, the championship but let's not forget typically you have two weeks your squad can get robust they can yeah. get healthy they can get kind of ready to go and they didn't have that opportunity so was brian Schmetz hand tied a little bit where he couldn't get back on the practice field he couldn't incorporate a svensson he couldn't incorporate back in a lear granted Granted, they've played a lot. So it, it would be an easy solve to put to place them in there. But for Brian Schmetz going into a championship game where his team, to to, to, to Wade's point, they won. And Dean Smith, the great UNC basketball <laughs> coach, his whole saying was, survive and advance. People will not remember a performance. They'll remember a W. They will not remember how you got that result. Yeah. For Brian Schmetzer, if he would have had two weeks to prepare for this game, I think that selection may have been a little bit easier for him to to push in a, a Svensson.
0: Well, yeah, and I'm hyper-emotional right now, so on, automatically <laughs> I'm going to make those takes. But, you know, it's interesting because on that point of, of Gustav, we, we see the changes right there that happened right there at the almost, uh, at the, I shouldn't say the start of the second half, uh, because four of them came within 15 minutes of the start of the second half. At halftime, it was Gustav Svensson and Brad Smith on for Nuhu and Jovan Jones. And then in the 60th minute, we saw Will Bruin and Kelvin Leardam for Alex Roldan and Joel Paulo. So what you see there... It, We're not saying that Brian Spencer comes out and says, and says, I screwed up. I should have started these guys. But clearly those changes had to be made. But I am, listen, I mean, I am at the end of the day, personally, a reporter on the club. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the
2: limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker
3: than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 41. Jeep is a registered trademark.
0: And I have to look at Brian Schmetzer from from the view, and I have to say. Brian, why didn't you start Gustav and Lear? I mean, I I understand that the answer is very, very simple, and we'll find out in the game presser that, that we'll be able to watch later on on the Sounders YouTube page and on their website, soundersfc.com. The answer may simply be they weren't 90-fit, and I didn't have confidence to be able to start them from the match. That's a very, very simple answer. I totally understand it. We're done here. If it's not the answer, if it's that, I wanted to play Jovan and Alex because I felt like they deserved it, we won playoff games with them, I have a problem with that because this is a cup final. and We we talked about it in the post-game show after Minnesota. In a cup final... You play your best players. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you play the best players. Kelvin Leerdam is the best. He scored in an MLS Cup last year. Gustav Svensson is clearly is it a World uh, Cup
3: player for Sweden.
0: Yes, exactly. You play the best options, and that's why I had an enormous problem with Brian Schmetzer starting line tonight. But that's just me
2: personally. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. How, like, okay, I. I and, and I'm after, just
0: getting this off my chest. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's emotional.
2: It is he- heavy. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, yep. and Brian has, will have to deal with the this, the second guessing, the 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 critique, or just simply the question. He, he will have to answer the question: Why? Wh- why did you not do this, that, or the other? Right. And and he will have an answer. And I think one of the things about Brian is that he's always been pretty upfront, and he's. He is a lightning rod uh, in that he tries to protect his players, and I tell you what, you put players on the field, and you you can criticize the coaches all you want, but a coach never messed up one of my touches. A coach never missed my tackle, you know, misdirected my header, and so again, this is not to absolve Brian from blame. It's his group he's selected, but you know ultimately as a player when a coach puts trust in you and a faith in you it's up to you then to not reward the coach because this yeah. isn't about reward but it's up to you to justify it and you know I, I thought too many players to danny to your point there were too many individuals in the sounders lineup especially in the first half that simply were passengers in a game when they needed to be driving
3: there were five they were five out of ten right each player down the line and maybe even worse and you, you just cannot carry so many players and you know, I think the question Brian is going to have to answer is, well, when he made a change, an enforced change in his mind tactically and personnel-wise, based on the first-half performance, look what happened beginning of the second half, yeah. right? Svensson was in the game, and we put Brad Smith in for Nuhu because of the fact that Brad Smith, you know, most likely can deliver a better cross. Nuhu had two, three chances in the first half, and it's just been a kind of a, a telltale kind of situation with with Nuhu. The, the cross wasn't there. The the grass is, you know, things like that, where, where you put the ball in the channels and the, the, the grass is thick and you can you whip that ball in, things change. There's different things you have to deal with as a player, but to your point, you do have to de- deal with it. And you have to, you know, play your game. Do your job is one of Brian Schmitz's sayings he loves to do. Do your job, and it is that. You should know you're a professional. You should perform. However, you know, the, the Sounders did come out of the second half. They played well. Casey mentioned it, you know, in, in the second half. You've got to give them credit. They played in the front foot. They, they, they started and pushing, but then you do make 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 changes like Madranda comes on, and then all of a sudden you're dropping Gustav Svensson back to centre back, and it all changes again for one player. That is that really an impact player? Before
0: know. we take our first break, Casey Keller is actually joining us. He called the match with Matt Johnson. Casey, just wanted your take on on everything that we've covered so far. The game overall, the three nothing loss. Yeah, no,
1: I think the guys the guys summed it up that it was it was it was a case where it just started flat. Too many guys uh, just not performing at the level that we know you need to perform at. Uh, good response second half but but weren't able to turn the corner and some of that is a lot of credit from uh, Columbus. Some of it is, and again, the, the guys mentioned it as well, the, the quick turnaround, the emotion from the two goals back, uh, getting the winner in the 94th minute and then having such a short turnaround to get those emotions out to then get focused on the final and, and 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 I also wondered Matt and I talked a little bit at the end of the match is then you have that emotional boost of oh Negby's out and Santos is out and and a couple guys came in and played very well Aiden Morris looked he he, he Picked off every pass in midfield the first half. Etienne gets a goal. I mean, you're like, all right, those two guys stepped up and performed. And in the end, yeah, it was just one of those matches that you just can't have in a cup final.
0: Absolutely. That is Casey Keller. Uh, you want to stick around for I'll a I'll stick orders? around for a little bit longer. Awesome. Well, we're going to continue talking about this game a little bit more, but we're also going to look ahead to 2021 because the season has ended for your Seattle Sounders, a 3-0 loss in MLS Cup. We're going to continue on the post-game show with our can't believe i'm saying this play of the match uh we're also going to have a look here at, towards the off season ahead as before the 2021 season starts uh in about, i believe they've said mid-march so we'll take a look into that as well but the sounders sounders the seattle sounders have fallen in mls cup three to nothing for uh three to nothing in mls cup to the columbus crew more next on sports radio 950 kjr
1: you're listening to the home of sounders fc seattle sports radio 950 kjr
0: Seattle Sounders falling in MLS Cup with final score of three to nothing as Columbus Crew SC take the league title for this year. The Seattle Sounders were able to get to MLS Cup for the fourth time in five years. They're only the second club to do that. However, they put together uh, not the performance uh, performance any of us expected here tonight. Uh, Brian Schmetzer, uh, you can look at his full pro post-game press conference later on on SoundersFC.com. He just said, quote, we score three late, you're the greatest coach ever, lose the final 3 nothing, and you're the worst. So uh, some comments from Brian Schmetzer right now as he is taking questions from reporters. You can watch that later on. But it is time for the TCL play of the match. We have to go back to the 17th minute when this game was 0-0. and The Sounders. Still hadn't found a rhythm offensively, and Stefan Fry came up with a big save.
2: Into the box, headed down by Williams, a drive by Zardes saved by Stefan Fry directly at Fry. He does the job.
0: And that was the play of the match presented by TCL, the official smartphone and tablet partner of Seattle Sounders FC. My name is Jackson Feltz. I'm alongside Wade Weber, Danny Jackson, and joining us for the postgame show is Casey Keller, who called the game with Matt Johnson, who had that call there. And uh, I'll take this segment to kind of, uh, we won't spend too much time here, but just kind of wrap up this 3-0 loss and 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 what came out of it. Because Casey, as we kind of said in the first segment there, you know, I kept using the word at the very start of the postgame show, shocking. And that's the exact <laughs> word that you said there just a few minutes ago in the break
1: yeah it was tough i mean it was it too It was just one of the those games that it, it just it didn't go for you you know you needed something special at least you had to be really good at one end or the other and the, and the sounders were neither you know they either had to be just you know in that first 2016 uh really good defensively frustrating uh uh, or it had to be the final 15 minutes of the other day where you're just putting balls in the box and getting goals and, and making it happen. And, you know, the Sounders had, particularly in the second half, three, four good half chances, room with a couple comfortable saves, but nothing too crazy. Obviously, the, the, the header that Morris had that went off of the stanchion, but it really it was um, when they needed something special, it wasn't there. And when Columbus needed something special, Zella Ryan produced on the day and had a good supporting cast. And I thought Mensa was intense from the first minute. Williams supported it real well. Awful. You get the good and the bad with Awful. You get a couple good crosses, some good counterattacks defensive, but got himself in some poor positions a couple times. But to the point that, the, the, that Wade and Danny made earlier was there just wasn't enough sevens and eights on the fields for the Sounders. It was a lot of fours and fives, and you just can't have four or five players, six players getting a four or five. You need a lot more. You can you can have a four, you can have a five, but then you need a lot of sevens and eights, and, and, and Columbus definitely had a lot more sevens and eights.
2: I, I pointed out three things that were going to be important in the pregame, that to win a championship, sometimes you need a little bit of each of them. Uh, Set-piece execution. Seattle got their head on a few corner kicks and really good looks. The Christian rolled on rolled one early in yeah. the half. You know, just couldn't get yeah, over it. Gustav had it. another Gustav, one that just went wide by a know, yard or so. Maybe on a different day those go in. Um, a little bit of luck, uh, which, again, Kelvin Lerdom's double ricochet in the final last year that does wind up in the corner. You know, you think Stefan Fry on the opening goal from Zellerayon it, it's it's hit in that spot that goalkeepers. It's really hard. You can't get your legs right. out, down fast enough to be able to make that save. But Ladero had another one. Those side foot that, side, that, that maybe took wide. a little
1: deflection and just yeah. went on the left hand post. And, yeah, and,
2: yep. that that did. So luck didn't go their way. And the final thing was what is Plan B? Because if it's not working, can you make the changes that that mean you make it to halftime without conceding and. That didn't happen. The, the Sounders didn't have plan B um, out, outside of waiting until halftime and making changes.
0: What was their plan A, though? That's my question.
2: Um, I, it, <laughs> based on what we want, much, not,
3: much of the same of what yeah. they've they've done. Survive in advance, win a game, grind it out, and then get some guys on in the last twenty minutes that can maybe either close it out or maybe you can nick a goal if you 1-0 down, two one down.
2: Yeah, I think it. I think it is. It is. It is as simple as that. That you trust that the talent you have on the field is going to have more of the ball. Uh, the, the pace that you have in Morris and the the assassin mentality of uh, Rui Diaz are going to get you a chance or two and you'll be decent on set pieces and those things should be enough to get you to a point where you can see the game out. Um, it didn't It didn't work.
3: Um, and we talked about being resilient, right, you know, and you have to absorb pressure sometimes. Sometimes you have to make mistakes and you have to get lucky because they don't score and you go in at 0-0 zero, zero halftime and you reconfigure. But there's also times where players make the wrong decisions or such as Nuhu in the in the first half tries to shoot from 25 yards right. that's deflating for a team you're 2-0 right. down you've got your left back who hasn't scored in god knows how many how many years ever ever <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to hit a ball this from 25 you, you 30 12. yards and you Rui Diaz like I I'm getting nothing here play me to feet wow. I'm top of the 18 let me do something let me lay it off that's deflating and then you go into something where as you mentioned, Ladera knocks it wide, and there was four guys that dropped to almost down to their, their knees, and it's just that desperation at that point where you try to find something, a little bit of magic, a little bit of bounce. As forwards always say, it doesn't matter if it comes off my backside or my knee. Just get it in the goal. Get, get me going, and in this case, get the team going, because I think if they have got one in that 60th, 70th minute, just that anxiety would have crept into the crew based on what the Sounders have done in the past, and they could have had that momentum, and they could have gone. Um, but it was just that the, the hole was dug too early and trying to get out of a hole like that against a team that's playing at home that now can sit back and can absorb, as you mentioned, case two banks of five, oh, you can do that sometimes. And, and they did that. And be honest,
1: getting yourself out of a hole in consecutive games. Yeah, I mean, look, you get out of a hole, it's it happens if you're lucky a couple times a season in the playoffs to get yourself out of a 2-0 hole two matches in a row... Is a big task. One at home, okay, in an empty stadium, but it's still home. But then on the road, in a final, to then try to ask your side to do that again, that's a monumental ask, it is.
0: It absolutely is. I want to go quickly back to something that Casey talked about, and that's the word intensity. And we mentioned it at the halftime show, and I'll mention it again here because one thing that I said in the Fred Meyer halftime show was that the Sounders almost didn't look like it was MLS Cup. And, and maybe the answer to that is simply that it was just uh, four days of rest. You had, you had Tuesday... Uh, and then you traveled, what, on Wednesday, yep. right? Yep. And then Thursday, Friday, game Saturday. It was just such a week. Is it even possible to get that intensity riled up that fast coming off of an emotional win over
1: Minnesota, Casey? And it's also not an intensity that you're normally having in a cup final. Because, right. Because you're getting there, and you're quarantined in your room. And, you know, normally, you know. And you're, playing in front of 30,000 people. Uh, and, yeah, and, and, and the buzz that kind of comes in with the press stuff and this and that. Yeah.
0: chamba.chambacasino.com. No by law. 18 plus and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Really just, all right, you're kind of on a Zoom call over here and then you stay in your room and, and then oh no, Columbus has an outbreak. so, Oh my god, is the game going to even go on? And yeah, it just didn't have the buzz and, and the sounders we talked about it all year. Playing in an empty stadium, you have to create create your own atmosphere, create your own intensity, create your own just willingness. And yes, there was a couple thousand people in the stadium, which was great. I mean, it, it had some atmosphere, but the Sounders never created their own buzz until it was too late.
3: Yeah, I agree. And when we talked about Jonathan Mensah, you mentioned it. We mentioned it at halftime. He had fire in his eyes in the first 10 minutes. He was going up to the he referee. He was, he, was screaming ref- yeah, he was going yeah. nuts. <laughs> but that's what you need, right? Because like, yep. people get yep. galvanized off that. You, you you conflict that to what we saw in, a little bit in the sound is rolled Roldan sitting between the two center backs taking nine touches right. just to play a square ball. It's like, come on, play one, two touches, move up the field, penetrate with some speed. Get the ball going. Get into their own soft it, that's spots. A, that's it, a funny point because I had you know
1: different managers at different times, particularly in England, where England was, you know, uh, as you know, uh, Danny, a, a bit quicker and a bit. Let, let's get things moving. And you know, you start a game slow, and you think the little things. Coaches yelling at me as a goalkeeper to get the ball quickly, get it down. Particularly if you're at home, right? Get the ball quickly, get it in and play. Let's get this thing moving and.
3: First half, it wasn't moving. It's hard to catch up, right? You know, you start that way and you get this into this kind of this lull. And it seems to have this domino effect to go to Meroldan to a Jao not play as sharp as he did this. You know, then Lodero doesn't find his pockets of space. But in some ways, you could also give the crew credit. You know, starting from the the, the young kids that came in, they played compact. They didn't give our guys a chance to get settled on the ball. And when they did get settled on the ball, it was 60 yards away from goal that meant nothing.
2: I I do remember a couple of years ago when Tim Howard was still playing in Colorado. And... um, they think it might have been the year they were number one in the West. Uh, was that 2016? Was that one or 17? 17, I think. Yeah, and um, they they came in and, and in Seattle, and, and the Sounders absolutely destroyed them without scoring in the first 10-15 minutes. We should have had multiple goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colorado then basically slowed everything down. They they started taking time on goal kicks, and, and I'm thinking that we've played 20 minutes. Like, yeah. Are you are you kidding me? But it, it felt like the Sounders were overwhelmed a little bit and wanted to slow. Like, when I have time, I need to take a second or two. But the problem is you don't take that time <laughs> at the, there because all it does is allow Columbus to reorganize himself. If you move the ball quickly at the back, then when you get into positions higher up the field, you'll have a little more time and space. Look at, if you're slow going yeah. across the back, you yeah. have no time in the, right. in the more Everyone advanced gets but, back. but look at the goals. Look at the, look at the first goal. Everyone thinks this
1: idea is, I got to work the ball to the end line to put a cross in. Sometimes de- defenders look in the wrong way, chasing ball comes in. You know the, the miscommunication between Alex and Joven, and Zardis makes a hard run to the central near post, and Zilaren just slides out. And but it it's not it wasn't a 30-pass combination. It was just awful slides up. Nobody steps to him, and he just whips an early ball in the box, catches defense not ready, Zellerin does the rest. There's this – so it's the balance between passing the ball and then hitting somebody and yeah, getting them right. on their on their back foot, winning the second ball. Okay, if the first one doesn't work, well, maybe you win a, a corner. Maybe you win a throw-in, but it, it – Sounders didn't up that intensity. They didn't match it. It was almost like both of them at a point were so comfortable, and then Columbus does something, and Seattle wasn't ready for it.
3: And if you've got a player like Rui Diaz, who's looking for those small channels of space, those pockets that close up very quickly, as soon as you have that second, third, fourth touch, that's gone. And then you start to build a level of frustration further up the field because Rudy Diaz relies on those entry passes and defeat. He can drop off to Ladera, then he can split Jordan Morris. As soon as you take three or four touches in the wrong areas, everyone gets behind the ball, it gets locked up, those channels get squeezed, and it all it kills everything. I also,
1: I, and, and I've said it week after week, I almost don't want our outside backs going forward, particularly on the left side. And, but for, for some reason, Jordan, in the first 15 minutes, had two, three good little runs yep. out wide, just kind of made things difficult for Awful, And then he was tucking inside and allowing new who to come. I would almost be like, no, just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want to hold, I want an Awful. you know, Matt and I talked about it right before. Matt, Awful is an outside back. That so badly wants to get forward. Right. Jordan, just as soon as he goes forward, slide into that space, wait for that ball over the top.
3: Yeah. And then Jovin Jones slid in right. He yeah. was playing almost right. like a six at times. In the first, so uh, play, the first. And then, and then where does Ladero? Where does yeah. Ladero and Ru Diaz get the space, right? So you just yeah. compact everything versus King wide. Give Ladero the pockets of space to do his thing. That's a perfect
0: transition to talking about some quotes that Brian Spencer has had in this post-game press conference, where he talked about both uh, both Joao Paulo and Christian, saying that they sat too deep. A couple other things that he said: "quote I absolutely think this game was a failure. It wasn't up to the standard for." ourselves, not up to my standard. It's my job to make sure they have the tools to be successful. A couple other things to note for Brian Schmetzer. He says that Nicholas Ladero had a strained calf, which quote, kept him from being his normal self. They did a good job of denying him space. So for Brian Schmetzer, uh, at the end of the day, it's a Sounders team that falls 3-0 in MLS Cup. They lose in the final game of the season. However, they do make four MLS Cups in five years. Only one other team has ever done that, that being D United in uh, 1996 through 2000. And Sounders FC would like to thank you, the fans, for another amazing season. You've stuck with us all here in this crazy year despite a challenging 2020, and we cannot thank you enough for your support all along the way, Go Sounders. And we want to thank you for staying tuned to the post game show. Uh, Casey, thank you for sticking around for a little bit extra. We appreciate your, your insight, thank your knowledge. You. Uh, we'll take the next segment uh, of the post game show, the final segment here of of the 2020 season postgame shows to look a little bit ahead to 2021 what we want this roster to look like what it could look like under gm garth loggerway and chris henderson what this roster could look like and what the starting lineup in mid-march 2021 with hopefully a full crowd back here at Lumen Field will look like we'll talk about that but unfortunately it is the sounders falling an mls cup 3-0 to columbus crew your mls champions more next on sports radio 950 kjr
1: You're listening to the home of Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Well, your Seattle Sounders
0: fall in MLS Cup, a final score of 3-0 out there at Muffray Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus Crew SC are your 2020 MLS Cup champions as the Sounders season comes to an end. They are, however, the second team ever to make four MLS Cups in five years just it happens that the first two that they went back-to-back or the, the first time they went back-to-back it was a win in Toronto then a loss in Toronto this time it's a win here in Seattle over Toronto last year it's about 13 months ago and then a loss tonight against Columbus. Wade Weber, Danny Jackson my name is Jackson Feltz here this is our final segment of the postgame show you'll be able to get more content on Sounders Weekly next Tuesday 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock excuse me right here on KGR we'll have more reaction but we'll take this final segment here to look a little bit ahead to 2021 Danny and and I'll start with you here and I think there's a lot of interesting topics about how this team will, could, should look let's start with the back line, and we're going to figure 7-fry a lock for goalkeeper Raul Ruiz Diaz a lock for that spot, and you can also lock in Nicolas Ladera, you can lock in Jordan Morris but but let's start I with the back I would lock four. in Jordan Morris you don't know what's going to happen. Well yeah, yeah, hopefully he doesn't go to Europe or anything, right? But but let's start with with the back four, yeah. and right now in this game, you had your left backs as Nuhu and Brad Smith, you have the threesome, I guess, of uh, Yamar Gomez-Andrade, Javier Arriaga, who by the way, we didn't even say this in the pre- game show. That's my bad. Javier Ariaga is actually in Seattle right now uh, because he's about to have uh, a, uh, his, his 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 wife have a kid. So uh, he's here mm-hmm. for the birth of his child. Uh, so he was not available for Brian Spencer tonight. You also have Shane O'Neill. Not sure of anybody's contract situation exactly. Uh, but then also at the right back spot, you have Alex Rodon and Calvin Leerdam. So what do you see
3: from this back four? So as, as a pure back four, you know, I think obviously there's going to be some changes next year. I think Lear Dam is on big money. I don't see him coming back. I think there's money to be made available for other areas of this team, down the spine of the team specifically, that needs to be fixed, in my opinion. I think Alex Roldan got the vote of confidence from Brian Schmetzer. Um, I think he did a decent job again tonight. I certainly wouldn't blame him necessarily for that first goal. He stepped up, maybe a little bit too far, and sometimes typically you should be able to pass players on and hold your line. But when he needed a little bit of help from Jovin Jones, he didn't get it, and you could see him in the play pointing, and then he had to pick up his sprint, and then, um, and then a foul whipped in, probably a ball he makes two out of ten times, right on the money. Great, it was a great cross, and they finished it. But I do think Alex Roldan is probably penciled in. In that right back spot, potentially, unless they bring somebody else in. But at this point, I think he's given himself a chance to at least get into preseason as a starting right back. I think he's got tools to play there. He's going to improve. He's going to get full preseason with the first team squad. I think he's going to get some confidence based on what he's done this year to go into next year. Central defenders is, is my question mark. Yemar, no question, has been a success this year. He's been dominant. He's been physical. He's been very strong. It's the number two guy. I don't think. Um, I don't think the club or I certainly, uh, as a fan. Um, is hugely confident with Ariaga. He did not have a good tournament in Orlando. I don't think he necessarily picked up his game throughout. They brought Torres in almost as a stopgap, potentially. I don't believe he would um, be a, a, a fill-in as a starter. I think they have to fill in that central defender role. Yeymar, um, you could say, is, is a swap-out for Chad Marshall, but I still think you need a Chad Marshall-type player. Steady Eddie. Yemar likes to be aggressive and it likes to step. You need someone to counterbalance that. And
0: we've called Shane O'Neill the
3: steady Eddie for and a while. And I think Shane either. O'Neill's yeah. a good number three. I do not think he's a starting player if you're trying to build another championship winning team. And then left back, I would probably say Brad Smith. He's got a couple of years under contract. I think getting him a couple of months to get fit, strong, and healthy make sure he's body is going to be good get him a full preseason with his team i think he is as could be as good of a left back going forward and potentially defensively even that maybe not his, his strong suit as a left back that back four with a new central defender in my opinion would be extremely strong sitting in front of fry I,
2: I i agree there's not much i could add i'd say that jimmy madronda is technically still on the i've got their master roster a left back so you have brad smith new uh, Joven Jones is right, a, is a sure. left back true. Jimmy Madronda so the, the the club have to figure out what do you want to do at left back and I think Brad Smith is the lot you haven't brought him in I don't think to, to, to sit um, so what do you do with Nuhu I, I don't know that, that that is the it's a great solution to have him sit again so maybe you, you're, you're looking to find some option in MLS some option outside of MLS that would work It'd be great to get things in return for players that might be exiting, but all of those four, other than Madranda, who I couldn't tell you much about. You know, he's he's a he's coming. He's a cameo, really. Um, and Torres is thirty-five in in April, March, uh, so he's he's not uh, he's not the future. He's um, the and and then the question is, can you get a? Will Dom, you need two right backs. You need competition in all these spots because we might say that we want to bring in someone and have Shane be a three, which I think was the plan this year. But, you know, I'll be honest. It doesn't matter who the two are, if you're going to play with two center backs, you need three or more competing for that spot. Four would be even better. So every day at training, you have to be the best. And if you make mistakes, there's the bench. Right and and it's that accountability that comes with competition at training, and I don't know uh, until recently if Kelvin's had that. I think Kelvin Roldan for a long time was the default because there was nobody right. else. Yeah, there was not. It was Christian Roldan was the backup
3: right back. There was <laughs> Han- right? Henry Wingo that tried to throw <laughs> yeah. in there oh, maybe a year or so long. again. Yeah,
2: so so right. I I think that Alex Roldan's yeah. maturity as a right back has has increased the heat there and whether or not he's your number 1 or he comes in to fight out to be the number one that that's that it, remains to be it's true.
3: really interesting because you know if you try and pencil him as a number one and you try and give him that confidence you've got to give him a chance a a, a real chance get him in to preseason. let him work out the kinks we know he's technically very good i think he gets forward he, He's quality on the cross he could work on his 1v1 defending i think kind of being coordinated with the back line yes he could improve that that's only going to come from experience and time on the field mm-hmm. in that starting lineup playing Offense versus defensive practice with the starting back four. He will get that. Now, the question is, when you step up a line, right, and you go into defensive mid, have we ever figured out an Ozzy Alonso replacement? Question mark. João Paulo's come in, I think, done a really good job. I think he's filled in a gap. He's gone forward. He's scored goals. He's got assists when when he's had the chance. He's also sat and dictated tempo well. I still think you need to figure out who your guy alongside him is. I think Svensson, I would imagine, may look to go and move back to Europe with the Euros coming up, with Sweden and uh, other opportunities potentially. I think he might be uh, a player that might look somewhere else, or at least maybe explore, and the Sounders might do the same. Who do you fill in there? So I do think that central defender role and that player who's going to sit in front alongside João Paulo, those two sp- spots are about as important as you can get going into offseason. Who are they going to fill there? Right. And if they get rid of a Svensson, if they get rid of a Lear dam there's money to spend on that spot. And then
0: if it is Christian Roldan and Joao Paulo as those two guys, we've talked about, let's just assume, and fingers crossed, knock on, where's the wood? Can I get some wood here? There we go. There's some wood. Use my head. Knock, Knock on wood that Jordan Morris does not go to Europe. We have Jordan Morris still on the left side. You have Nicholas Ladero in the middle. That is a lock. And then there's the question of the right wing. And I don't know how long we have spent talking about this team needing a right winger that's like Jordan Morris, a fast, actual left-right winger that can get up and down that line like a Morris. And, and if you can get that guy, if you open up some funds, and I'm not sure the whole situation, then, then there's your lineup. But but is there, I mean, we'll take a whole look at the midfield, because if you aren't able to get that guy, then it's Christian Roldan right there or Jovan Jones. How do you see that attacking midfield uh, finalizing out if it's Nicholas, and Jordan?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know that you need a, a right wing necessarily. I do think you need a wing. I, okay, you, so Jordan can
0: shift. You can flip him yeah. to
2: the right, and right. And, um, and and it's it. You don't need it again. I, I keep going back to this. It's more about just to raise the level of everyone. Um, it, it's not bringing in a a thirty year old one or two year bit player that's already kicked around in MLS on three teams. You you bring right. in someone in from mm-hmm. outside. That is coming in with a little bit of swagger um, that everyone else is like, oh man, if I want to play I have to be better than that and that takes money and I know the club have doggedly pursued a number of targets over the years, but one thing, and I'm actually somewhat proud of the fact that some, it's frustrating when you get into transfer window season and the Sounders don't sign somebody and you're like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> the fact is, they, they don't want to overspend. They, this is not Roman Abramovich's Chelsea spending three hundred million in one transfer window, right. just like shotgun transfer. We're just gonna, <laughs> it's gonna hit something. We're gonna buy seven, four, three. It might work. We're, we're, we're dragging the ocean, pulling yeah. pulling a whole bunch of fish in the in, in the boat. Right. We'll throw out a bunch of them, but one or two of them are gonna be big ones. And 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 I think for for Seattle, it is identifying the person and being patient because this is usually not the time. This is a hard time to get good transfer value. I know in England it's a big deal. Like the January transfer window is, that's people are out of contract in six months. So like, why am I going to take on that? So so usually you wait till the summer, and the summer is where you can do business. And it also it you know it's the league is the standard keeps rising, and so you can't can't settle for someone who's as good as what you have you need to get somebody better than what you have because guess what atlanta united w- will not miss the playoffs next year yeah. right and lafc will be back That's a great
3: point you know i look at it this way it's pairings on the field right so we talk about central defender an anchor for your team and the foundation the spine of your team you need to be able to complement each other we've been fortunate over the years to have two center backs that typically work very well together and when you think about Alex Roldan playing right back, what is going to complement him further up the field? Mm. I think it's his brother. (laughs) You know, I think what Alex Roldan needs, he needs a bit of a shield and honesty. We saw that from the first goal, right? Like, he needs somebody that he can trust, that can back him up, that can cover for him when he makes maybe a slight error in terms of stepping a little bit too high or maybe making a slight error. Those two would work great together. Mm. I don't think Christian Roldan... Since Ozzy Alonso, we talked about him being the natural, you know, kind of fill-in for Ozzy. I don't think he's grabbed that position by the scruff of the neck. I still think there's there's a position to be had in that central midfield that, that hopefully will be found. I mean, Gia what, close to 30, if not 30 yet? Maybe he's a little bit older. You know, he's a player that will be here for a handful of years. He wants to be here. He's an honest player who's done a great job. I still think there's a player to be had in that position. We've been spoiled with Ozzy so It's going to be here for six, seven, eight years. And to your point, it might be spending money, as other teams have on a 22, 23, 24-year-old player who is solid. You'll say, I'm going to get five great years, four great years, and I'm going to sell them on. I'm going to make some money. But I do think that Christian Roldan is your natural player that is going to be busy as hell. You saw it in the second half. He stepped up the line, went right midfield. He was getting on the outside. They were complimenting each other well. He was getting good balls in. He was getting in behind. He can finish. He can score. He can run. I think that's his position right now. I don't believe the, 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 um, the experiment of Christian Roldan, you know, in central midfield without Ozzy Alonso, because he was very good with those two. Again, pairings, those two are great together. I just don't think he's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. I think his role in this team is right midfield, because I think his chance to play right back and be a dominant right back in this league and then naturally push into the the the, uh, the national team level, I think that was maybe a couple of years ago. I think his position maybe is up in that line, I think he could be very effective in this league, and for this club in that position. I think a lot of fans would be happy with a Christian, with a, with a Roldan, Roldan,
0: right side. I think that would work very well I think, I th- Who, be- that's, who, who, that's, who better than a guy that's going to fill yeah. in and, and, and back
3: your mistakes than your brother? I kind of just assume, <laughs> right.
0: like, okay, Christian shifts back. He's next to JP, and that's your defensive midfield for 2021. But if you can find a, 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 a true Aussie replacement, and maybe they can get Gustav back, and it's Gustav and JP, and there you go, and you find a new center back, and yeah. then you just build depth. Listen, at the end of the day, there are going to be things that happen in the next four months before the season starts. Uh, some good news for everybody who's also asking these questions is Garth Loggerway joins Sounders Weekly on Tuesday. He will confirm to me he will be on the, uh, on the show this coming Tuesday for a final season interview. And all of these questions are going to be
3: asked of him. And all of these answers, I hope, will come out of his mouth. You know what's interesting is when you think about that kind of summer window, it also could benefit the Sounders. When you think about a player like Svensson and you think, okay, the, the transfer window in Europe is in the summer. Does he stay in a, in a position in the Sounders where he's going to be a starting midfield player for the first half of the season? He could, disappears potentially and then decides to stay and then he's play, basically they, he plays six months here. And they, start, they bring somebody in, a younger player, that can get bedded in, can get comfortable with the environment, get comfortable with the club, and then all of a sudden he's on that that running start versus being thrown in the deep end from day one in March and expected to perform. When was the last time we saw
0: a Sounders player leave in that summer window? That'd be interesting.
3: Could be. Europeans. Uh, a a whole
2: lot of them have come in from Clint, yeah. Clint Dempsey and Oba. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Sounders have done their best business. Nico Ladero in the summer. Raul. Um, and so that's why I think that In January, things could be kind of quiet because, you know, frankly, the team doesn't need a whole lot. And you keep saying a March start date. I don't know that that's set in stone. I think that they could have a pushed back start so that. Stadiums are more full, so that the the vaccination has a chance to affect a larger number of people.
3: Winter's gone, you yeah. know. You get the,
2: get in the like spring. That.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you both so much. It's uh, I mean this is the last time that we'll have a broadcast here. Uh, this has been such a weird year. And, and I know, I can think back to, I think, Danny, we were here for the 6 a.m. broadcast, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was such a weird year. And I know uh, we we're, we're seeing Pete viewing on, on the television just a few minutes ago. It's been such a a, a year. And we know for all of you out there, uh, as, as I read earlier, you know, it's been a challenge of 2020. And we appreciate you for sticking to tune to this broadcast. And, and I just want to say I appreciate you guys because I know even just coming into this building has been, um, we've had a couple uh, a, a couple interesting moments here and and just coming in here to lumen field every single day so so thank you both for for giving your weekends and giving your afternoons uh, here over the last you know six months or so as we had is back and the restart and and the playoffs and everything thank you both uh, it's been a it's just been a pleasure doing this broadcast with you guys again
2: it's been it's been a crazy year uh for lots of reasons as people say a lot uh but this has been just that that uh on, on the point on the compass, if you will, that, that that allows me to to be centered. That I'm used to this stuff. I'm I'm used to soccer. I'm used to competition and, and talking to you guys as well.
3: <laughs> it, 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 it is it is that release, and hopefully it's a release for us to talk about the game in an environment with passion. And and, and hopefully, yeah, you know, the, the the people out there who listen to games and watch games, you know, when the sound of score, it's like it always has been. And it might be on your TV, it might not be in the stadium, but there's that release from uh, from the stresses and strains of everyday life right now.
0: Well said, Danny. Uh, well said all around. Uh, that's Danny Jackson and Wade Weber. Uh, Pete Fewing was with us for the pre-match show as well. And and we'll all be back here for, for 2021. We're not sure when that'll be. Uh, we hope to see you all here at Lumen Field. I cannot wait to see the crowd filling up the stands. Uh, it, it hurts my heart that we had to go through Monday's Minnesota in the most incredible comeback Uh, that I can remember and, and not see you guys out there. Uh, I cannot wait to see this stadium full again and have another uh, amazing Sounder season in 2021. So uh, we'll continue wrapping up uh, this season on Sounders Weekly on Tuesday. But but for these broadcasts here, uh, we want to thank all of you for listening each and every week. I know it's been uh, it's been a long year, and it's been a fun year in some ways, and it's a disappointing night tonight. And, and I'm about to go home, and, and I know that I'll be doing uh, what a lot of you guys are doing right now and, and popping open something. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but listen, uh, it try to get through the evening. Uh, we, we hope this season was exactly as Danny said, just a, a welcome distraction from everything else going on. Uh, unfortunately, the Sounders falling in MLS Cup 3 to nothing. but but what a season overall. Western Conference champions for the fourth time in five years. Uh, this team making history again this year. So, you know, from for the entire Sounders organization, thank you, thank you, thank you. So all of you for listening and staying tuned all year for supporting this club the way you do. There's still Western Conference champions gear you know keep supporting keep cheering we'll see you back here at lumen field in 2021 but my name is Jackson Feltz. For Danny Jackson, for Wade Weber, for Pete Fewing, Matt Johnson, and Casey Keller, who called fantastic games throughout this entire season. Uh, Craig, our, our new board op back at KJR. Craig Fournier has done an amazing job all season back at the board. Craig outstanding every single game. and I know it was two weeks, two, two games a week, so well done to Craig. Terry Ryan, uh, our, 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 our on outside engineer all season. Uh, thanks to everybody on the broadcast. They were all just fantastic all year long. Ryan, Shaber as well a big thank you to ryan Shaber for everything ryan has done throughout this season it has been so challenging uh but thank you to him as well and once again thank you all for listening unfortunately the sounders falling in mls cup three nothing we'll talk to you on tuesday for sounders weekly but have a good night everybody
1: thanks for listening to the sounders fc postmatch show on seattle sports radio 950
2: kjr
0: okay round two name something that's not boring